The Recovery First podcast is a podcast that helps highlight local initiatives in Greenville, South Carolina, and as well as on a national stage in the recovery communities. Here you will hear a wider range of topics surrounding addiction, recovery, and amazing advocates helping to make a difference in the recovery space. If you or a loved one are struggling with substance use disorder, please contact us today by calling 864-787-3798 or by visiting www.freedomrecoverycenterofgreenville.org. Now let's get ready to hear another amazing podcast with your host, Mike Todd. Okay, Recovery Share. Uh, This is Mike Todd with Recovery First Podcast. Been a little out of the loop. Uh, Some folks here that I work with have had to quarantine and sick family. And listen, that's to be understood. We are living in a pandemic. We are living in very different times. And we wanted to be getting this content out. And we want to continue to get this content out. Uh, We'll be back doing our live our little live show here very shortly. I'm I'm jet lagged. I'm tired, but I'm just enthusiastic this morning. Just got back from Mobilize Recovery. What a fantastic, amazing, inspiring time I had. I met so many just inspiring people. I had the opportunity to meet just people all over the from all over the country that are boots on the ground doing this work, doing everything from housing to harm reduction to peer support to just working with families. And, you know, just a lot, a lot, a lot of special people. Uh, One thing that we, that really struck me and I started thinking about on the plane ride home uh, was about how we have been given such a special gift from God, really. We talk about it in different 12-step programs, and, you know, I've definitely, I've read it in my 12-step programs book and of how we are generally the only ones who can, who can help. Someone, sometimes we are the only ones who can connect with someone who is suffering with mental illness or substance use disorder. I mean, we have that special, special gift. And I know, I ha- you know, it, it's really odd for me to say this, but I am grateful to have been through all of the things that I went through. And I was, we, we were sitting around a room and we were kind of telling our stories at one point, and I was sitting by this amazing lady by the name of Carlia Summers, and it was the first day, and 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 I was sitting there, and, and she said, my father, the first time he went to prison, I was 11 years old, and I just, right off the bat, was just drawn to her. And of course, the reason I was drawn to her is because the first time my father went to prison, I was 11 years old. 
And those are the kind of things that we uh, connect with each other on. I mean, there's so many times I think about that, that that was the first time that my, my father was in and out of prison on and off from that time on until I was in my 20s. But when she said that, it was like uh, th- this instant connection with her. And as she began to tell her story and of how she had to she had to get into recovery because so that she could she had to, to get in to take care of her for child. And uh, she knew that she had to do something. If she dis- didn't, she was going to lose her child and she did not want to lose her child. That was a turning point for her to surrender and begin to get help. And but I had one moment and this moment really didn't have anything to do with recovery, but it made me think about how we know how to connect with people through personal experience. And I want to share this. I was walking back into, we had a ballroom that we walked into, big ballroom, and we had our Krispy Kreme donuts and our our coffee set up. Thank you, Ryan Hampton. We love you. And, uh, you know, our clean energy drinks because, you know, we, we have to do all that stuff. <laughs> We're not on drugs, but we love our sugar and caffeine. But I was walking through the ballroom. And as I was walking into the ballroom, into the, in the main conference, a lady comes running out. And she's screaming and she said, someone has fallen down. A lady has fallen down the steps. She was obviously frantic. She was upset. So I ran towards the steps. There was a lady laying there. She had fallen down the first part of the steps. Um, Lucky there was one fellow from the conference that was holding her, that had gotten a hold of her neck because we were concerned about, you know, neck injury, head injury. And there was another lady that had gotten there and then I had gotten there. And right when I got there, I completely sensed what was going on. This young lady was having a seizure. Now, I think my wife's okay with this because we're pretty open about it. My wife has seizures. So I could, I could, Tell right off the bat that she was having a seizure. And as we kind of helped her, and we, of course, called 911 and we called emergency services, she did begin to seize. And um, now I want to tell you why this just didn't freak me out. Um, it did, it, you know, I want to tell you why, like, there was just this calming spirit that came over me because my wife, as I said, struggles with, with seizures. And right off the bat, I got this compassion for her and I knew exactly what she needed. And God gave me exactly what she needed. And I began to, you know, take care of her, rub her hand begin to speak with her, to her, to let her know that I was there. Because a lot of times my my wife says that when she has these, she can't see anything, but that she can hear me. She can hear me and that it's a very 
it is very calming to her. It feels very safe. So I thought about that and I started doing that kind of just kind of, you know, just just rubbing her face just a little bit, letting her know that everything was safe. And, and where recovery comes in with this is that I knew exactly what she needed from lived experience. I knew exactly what she needed from lived experience. I won't say her name for anonymity reasons, but but she began to open her eyes just a little bit before the the paramedics came. And I said, and I had talked to her before and I said, hey, it's Mike from South Carolina. You know, I've got this, <laughs> this people from all over the country. And of course, I sound like a, you know, country hick or whatever sometimes. And she opened her eyes and I knew that she was going to be okay. Not the end of the story, but the paramedics came and I, you know, just kind of at that point got out of the way because that's what you do when emergency staff arrive, paramedics arrive. And so as the conference went on, I had her so, so deeply on my mind and, um, I, I was asking about her and, and some of the folks said that she did not go to the hospital, that she went back up to her room and she rested. And I thought, well, I guess I won't get to see her again. And we went to the concert, the Recover Out Loud concert. And I have, <clears throat> excuse me, I have kind of a big mouth, if you can imagine. It, I have a voice that just kind of carries. There's all these people at this concert. And I'm, you know, yelling. I got excited because some Earth, Wind, and Fire song came on, and I got excited, and I started dancing and, you know, just talking real loud and, you know, ha- having fun. And as I kind, I kind of walked up the aisle a little bit, this lady said, it was you. I said, excuse me? She said, it was you. She said, you were there. While I was having my seizure, she said, I could hear you and I could feel the comfort from your voice. And um, man, that's amazing. She said, I recognized your voice. Yeah. You see, when we have a recovery voice and people are hurting from substance use disorder and hurting from mental illness, they will hear our voice. They will see us as comfort. And we'll make a difference in some people's lives. I'm grateful that I could make a difference in her life. And, um, She's messaged me on Facebook. She sent me a little voice message to let me know how much and how safe and how grateful she was that I was there. I'm really grateful. And I could tell my wife about it. We all need love and support. We all need love and support, especially during this difficult time. But what an amazing, amazing experience. Remember, we are the light. We are the voice of recovery. We've got to get out here and 
live recovery out loud and let people know who we are so they can so we can be that beacon of light so we can be that calming voice and make differences in people's lives and watch them turn corners and be cheerleaders and encouragers and all that good stuff so wanted to share that hope Todd can get this out Todd shout out to Todd my producer love you We'll get this thing back going. I know we've I know we've had a lot going on, but uh, let's just be patient and remember we can make a difference. So thirty years ago, when I first came into recovery, we didn't have recovery housing. If someone was seeking recovery and maybe coming to meetings and didn't have anywhere to live, we'd basically try to help them find somewhere to live. And, and that's how it all started. It, we all started basically living together and keeping each other accountable um, in recovery. Now, as the years have gone through, um, it's basically turned into an industry. And with that industry, there comes a lot of challenges. Um, there's a, quite a bit of exploitation. Um, you know, you're dealing with a very, very vulnerable population. So that's the reason that we started the South Carolina Recovery Housing Association to help providers, to help other recovery housing operators, to help mentor them, um, to help to advocate for them. And one of the things that we did right off the bat was we started getting the locks on into all recovery housing in South Carolina. We were very fortunate to get a grant from the Clinton Foundation and some help from the Recovery Advocacy Project and Challenges Inc. and Favor Greenville. And, you know, all of them combined have helped the South Carolina Recovery Housing Association to begin getting the locks on into all recovery housing in South Carolina and to help train their residents on the use of naloxone. We believe that is the first standard uh, that we need to accomplish in South Carolina. Recovery housing operators are a very valuable resource to those suffering from substance use disorder in South Carolina and we want to advocate for them, train them, mentor, and just work with them with whatever needs that they may have. If you want to get in touch with us, it's screcoveryhousing.org.